0: Hey, sorry, we're back. Um, I, I bumped my desk and then it, I don't know what happened. So, yeah, back to Japan. Yeah, Japan's definitely on my list of countries I really want to go to. I just haven't made it out there yet. You know, for these Meet Magento events, there's always these really fun, you know, countries to go visit and to go see. So, getting to go to Amsterdam at the end of the month and, you know, Spain is nothing she stick at. So, I'll, I'll take those anytime.
1: Yeah, me too. By going to these Meet Magento events, I've met places I had no idea they even existed, you know. Like, <laughs> why would you go to Indonesia? And I was like, I don't know, but I want to go again now because that place is so nice. Or like even Vietnam or I don't know, anywhere in Europe. I've been to so many countries doing these events and that makes me so happy. You can't can't imagine that because I met so many incredible places and people in this community that, I don't know, I'm so grateful. What's
0: What's been your most favorite conference you've gone to before? Like what's been the one that sticks out mostly in your head?
1: Hmm, let me think about that. It's probably going to be one of the one of the Magento Imagine conferences in Vegas, but mostly because of the size and because I got an award.
0: But besides <laughs> that, yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they let me go on the stage and be like, hey, I look pretty, do the makeup, that kind of stuff. I know. Besides that, I really like it. Let me think. Probably this conference we had in Italy, Mid-Magento Italy, which was in Venice because Venice is so pretty.
0: Oh, that sounds nice.
1: Yeah. And we were like really close to the canals and all that kind of stuff. And there were my Italian friends. And I was like, dude, I love this place. I love this country. I love this food. I would live here. But then I remember it's full of Italians like me. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm partially Italian. Most of the people in Argentina came from Italy after World mm-hmm. War Two. So it's not like we are that different. I'm just like them and they are just like me.
0: Do you speak any Italian?
1: I speak a lot of Italian because I used to live in Napoli. So yeah, I can speak Italian. I can speak Napolitanian too, which is like half a word and a gesture. That's just different.
0: Yeah. When did you live in Naples? My my grandparents are from Naples. Really? My girlfriend was
1: studying there and we, we stayed for one and a half years almost. That place. Oh so wow! Nice. It's a complete mess, like a disaster, just like my home place.
0: Yeah, it's chaos, it's chaos. but it's it's so nice chaos.
1: It's European chaos, and I like it.
0: it It's also left alone. It's kind of off the beaten path. There's not a lot of tourists there. It's just kind of people living in Italy, hanging out. There's by the water too. It's yep. a uh, it's a little hidden gem, I think.
1: I know. Yeah, it's. Really We're gonna cool. cut this
0: part out so no one goes to Naples. <laughs> So, so, you've been in the Magento space for a pretty long time. H- how did you get into the open source container? H- how did you get into that? How long have you been doing that for?
1: So, when I started, Nexus used to have this Magento One module called Nexus Super 10, which was, mm-hmm. at that time, the most used extension to integrate Varnish and Magento One. And I started with that. These guys, they told me, hey, we have this product we want you to maintain, and I had no idea. When I started, I was like, okay, this, is, this looks a lot like free support, you know? But then I realized doing open Uh source is not free support. It's just a different way of collaboration. So after that, I jumped into the Magento 2 wagon, and then I started helping the community engineering team to help them maintain Magento 2, and it's been two or three years now. I'm, uh, I'm almost at the 300 pull request at this time. It's gonna be, I'm gonna hit that mark soon, maybe this month or next month. But it's, open source is just different, you know? I'm used to do support. Oh, yeah. I used to do, like, phone support, too, and that kind of stuff. But when you really collaborate in an open source project, you feel like you're working with teammates instead of, like, customers, to say it in a way. And that's that's really interesting, at least the way I see it.
0: Oh, absolutely. One of the, one of the things that I remember in Meet Magento Croatia last year, when you gave your talk about, you know, being nice to support, I think was the moment where I was like, Miguel is going to be my best friend because <laughs> I, like you, I like you came from support. So that's where I came from. So I started at support at ship here, you know, four years ago, and that's really what, you know, I know and know really well. And so I think there's this kinship and like brotherhood when you meet other people who come from support or understand that world because it is, it's a different, it's a different kind of conversation with a customer. Because nobody really wants to talk to a sales guy because they're gonna think they're gonna sell them something. Nobody really wants to talk to support because you know generally they have an issue. It's like, shit, who shouldn't be in the company? Like Who gets to talk to the fun people? Is it like marketing?
1: Man, yeah, I don't know what you mean. Support is just a different beast. It's one of those customer facing roles you really need to do before moving to something else because it teaches you so much. Like. It has to be quite similar to working in a restaurant, like doing tables, you know? That's like the ver- the first job you need to do to try to understand what's going on at a different level. You get to learn so much. And Nexus, Nexus used to be, well it, it still is, the biggest Magento hosting company. So we got so many weird cases and I learned so much when I started there. I think I learned most of what I know doing support.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's where I learned Magento. Huh. I learned it through proximity and I and I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm, I'm not even remotely like Magento technical. I, I mean, I understand how it all works. and like, I can do that. I can like run it up, but I learned all that through doing support, you know, through the webshop app days. And people are like, Hey, I'm having this weird issue on an install. And I was like, well, hold on. I have to, I'm going to have to go install this myself and run up and see if I get that same error. And so like going through all these like weird, like gotchas and things like that, But really, kind of you know, bolstered my knowledge into Magento. Yep, same here. Yeah, what isn't so? What do you actually do as as an open source container? Do you get bugs assigned to you through Magento, or do you go like from you know, do you have like a point of contact at Magento, or like tell me a little bit about that?
1: So, we are technically gatekeepers in the sense of you can come with an, with an issue to me or like with a pull request and I'll be like, okay, this looks okay, this looks fine, you have an issue over there, go to the basics like signing the contributor, what's it, CLA, contributor license agreement. Mm-hmm. And right after that, we kind of approve this pull request in on GitHub and then it gets moved to their internal Jira or whatever. So it's basically we are gatekeeping and it's not like I get an issue assigned to me. I can, okay. I can go and grab a pull request or an issue. Or people can ask me, hey, Miguel, can you review this? Can you review that for me? Because I really want to have this piece of code into the Magento core. And I'll be like, sure. So it's not like we decide what goes in and what goes out. It's mostly us telling Magento, hey, this is worth considering. Hey, this is not worth considering. Or even telling these developers who are submitting the work they do. Hey, how about you check this, have you run the tests, that kind of stuff, you know?
0: And so what makes you want to do that? Is the OS container, I'm assuming is an unpaid gig. What drives you to want to work on that?
1: I have no practical experience with Magento 2. When it launched I was already working at Nexus and I didn't code a complete build to say it in a way. So I really want to have first hand experience with Magento 2. And I realized this was one of the best ways to try to understand where people was having issues or where the code was not as good as it should be and that kind of stuff. To be honest, I would love to sit with you or with any company and, and build an entire store from scratch, but it's not gonna happen anytime mm-hmm. soon. So that's the way I have to gain experience, real life experience with a platform I really like. And to talk with people I like too, because sometimes there's people I know working on this pull request and I'm like, when I meet them in Italy or like in Japan or in Europe, I'm like, dude, do you remember this pre-week request you sent me? And we'll talk for hours about that. So that's that's a conversation thing too. It's I don't know. I like working on that. I like doing open source. And it makes me learn a lot too.
0: Absolutely. It's really interesting. So so kind of speaking of open source, and this is something that you know I, I've heard kind of through the grapevine is, what's Nexus's plan for Magento 1 as far as continuing the open source relationship?
1: We have quite a few plans. So far, we created a couple of different scenarios for Magento 1 once it hits its end of life. So it's basically stay Magento 1, move to Magento 2, or one of our new offerings is going to be move to WooCommerce, because our sister company, Liquid Web, is doing a lot of WooCommerce builds. So for now, we have these two scenarios. But we are still working on the fine print of those Mm -hmm. products and it's going to be really interesting because i think i'm going to get a development team and that's going to be a blast i really want to have a couple of guys working with me trying to code the things i need or the things i want and then open source that it's going to be a fun ride for sure i'm really excited but it's still it's still in the works i think it's our offering is going to be ready probably before november but we that's still have awesome. time so this yeah yeah how about you what do you think about that what are you gonna do? Because I think you have a lot of customers using Magento One, right?
0: Yeah. So we've got a few on Matrix, rate, For example, that free extension we had. You know, we had tens of thousands of people downloading that. But you know, we have you know Webshop Apps customers. We have a bunch of Magento One customers that you know haven't moved over yet. And so we're gonna work on putting an offering together for those customers. But for some of the other ones, you know, our Shipper HQ customers, we're gonna continue to support them on Magento One we know that eventually going to, they're going to end the life and want to go to magento 2. We've got that a very simple process already thought out thought out around that, but for those magento 1 customers, you know, we're we're on other platforms just so that way they don't have to use magento 2. I mean, we're, you know, partners of e commerce, partners of shopify. We've got a woocommerce plugin. So for those customers that are on magento 1, go to magento 2 or go to any of those, you know, we're, we'll be there to help.
1: Yeah, we have we have pretty much the same idea. We have tons of customers doing Magento 1 and Magento 2, but I don't think most of them are going to are gonna move before the end of life. So we're trying to accommodate them as, as much as we can. But at some point, I really expect these people to move away because I don't want to be maintaining a legacy platform forever, you know?
0: That's, oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I don't want to be it's the suicide. guy who's maintaining Magento 1 in like 10 years. That doesn't look good on my resume. That doesn't look good for the company I work for. So Absolutely. for us, this is going to be a temporary emergency measure. We are calling it Magento Safe Harbor, but it's going to last, it's going to have a fixed period of time. So
0: that's, well, that's it, a part it, of the plan. Sure. Yeah, that, that, I think it's a good enough teaser. No, I'm excited to check that out. What did you say the name of it again was? The Magento Safe Harbor? Yeah. Awesome. No, I'm, I'm definitely interested in hear that. Cause I've heard some things through the grapevine and kind of whispers of what that project entails. So I won't go into I won't go into any depth on it because I think I might know more than the average person and I want to make sure that you know that goes out with a bang. that's fine, no
1: worries. The thing I do think we need for this project is a better application level support. Like trying so far there's this really really weird gray line between the code and the server, and people uh-huh. is like, nah, this is a server problem, and I'll go and check their code and I'll be like no, this is not a server problem. This is not a or PHP or MySQL. This is your code. The problem is inside the code you develop. And I think we can be better and trying to understand the code and not only the server. And that's one of the key features of this new offering. Basically, trying to engage a little bit more with a, with our customers and with their developers and not be like, now this is a development problem. Go check your agency. Go talk to your own developer. We don't we don't want to we don't want to touch it. You know.
0: Oh, yeah. So you're trying to own that a bit more, so you're just not passing it off to the next person.
1: Exactly, yeah. It's, it's hard because it doesn't scale in a company as big as Nexus, so we, we need to be really careful with the scope, but we're working on that.
0: No, oh, Awesome. awesome. That, that makes total sense. So how do you find working with other e-commerce platforms? You know, So I know you guys have a partnership with BigCommerce. You guys do stuff with WooCommerce. How do you find those platforms, working on those? Or do you stay have- just on Magento.
1: I have literally zero experience with any other e-commerce platform. I know WooCommerce, I know WordPress, I know Craft CMS, but not as deep as I should. So this is going to be Magenta Magento conversation.
0: Hey, it's fine with me. I I just yeah I'm I'm I know more of some of the other platforms, but we can talk Magento. I'm cool with that. I I was just wondering what you kind of feel is going on in e-commerce. You know how what do you, if you were a Magento one merchant, what would you do? Like if let's say a merchant walked into the walked into the studio right now. And they said, "Hey, Miguel, you know, my name is, you know, Jeff. I have a store on Magento One. Where should I go? What would you ask them? What would you say to ask the merchants that you guys have? What do you start the conversation with?"
1: To start, I would, I would try to understand how the store is behaving. Like, is this mm-hmm. a growing store? How customized it is? How are your sales? How many SKUs you have? With all that kind of stuff, when we have that information, it's not that hard, you know. If they have the money, they might be able to move Magento two. If they don't and they have a lot of customizations, they might stay Magento one for a little while, a little longer. But it, it really depends on the store, to say it in a way, because it's not the same having like a stagnant store who's not selling or a really customized store who's doing I don't know a million a day. So it really depends uh-huh. on the on the characteristic of the store and what they want, you know, because I have my own opinion. I know what I would tell them. But at the end of the day, it's the merchant's decision. And it really depends on them. If they want to have a developer-friendly platform or a platform they can fully customize, they can come with us and do Magento. If they don't, they can always do Shopify. I don't really mind. I'm not a guy who says, no, Magento is the best option for everything. I don't think that. I do think Magento is good for a lot of things. But there are other scenarios where Shopify might be better or Big Commerce might be better. And I'm not shy to tell you that.
0: I think I think that's the thing that, you know, we, we position ourselves as platform agnostic. We do a lot of these calls where customers will ask us, you know, what platform should I go on? What platform should I go on? And I think it's pretty easy sometimes where customers will just say, like, hey, you know, I see a lot of, you know, Shopify marketing ads. I'll just go with them, or you know, hey, I see that. I have to be on Magento too, because that's the email I got from Magento or those things that they see that. And I always just tell the customers just to take a step back. Does your site work the way you want it to? You know, what What doesn't work? What does work? Let's look at those customizations Are any of those built in natively into the other platforms. And sometimes it, the answer is Magento too. Sometimes the answer is stick around, stay on Magento one for a while. It's not gonna hurt you.
1: Absolutely. I don't want to. The way I see this is Magento trying to push these people to their new platform. And they are being yep. a little bit, I don't, I don't know how to say it in English, like alarmist. So it's, I don't think it's actually a, good, a bad thing to stay in Magento One for a little longer. I just don't mm-hmm. want this to become the norm. You know, people building new stores in Magento One, or like people staying for four, five years in Magento One. I don't want that to happen. But we can still support mm-hmm. them for, I don't know, a couple of years maybe, until they feel they are ready. It's, it really depends on the merchant again. It, Mm-hmm. The answer is always the same. It depends.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Magento 2 here for a minute. What do you th- see is the biggest difference between, you know, Magento 2 before Adobe's acquisition and after Adobe's acquisition?
1: The size of the deals, definitely. This year I went to the Adobe Summit as one of the Adobe influencers or Adobe Insiders. They invited us there mm-hmm. and I really wanted to go because any Adobe for from Photoshop, you know, from their mm-hmm. from their video and picture editing software. And I didn't know much about Adobe as a software factory or like a software company. And we went there and, and we quickly realized how different the sizes of their customers were. Like, when we talk about enterprise, or when we used to talk about enterprise with Magento 1 and 2 before the acquisition, it's completely uh-huh. different to the things they say when they talk about enterprise. Like, this is the real enterprise. What I call enterprise is well, it's the real enterprise to say in a way. It's not like a regular store doing a couple of millions. These are the biggest brands out there using a huge technology stack, not only Magento. So I think the biggest difference is gonna be the size of the deals and probably how integrated Magento is gonna be with different tools because right now, most of our builds are Magento or like maybe Magento plus WordPress or any other CMS. But it's basically Magento, and we are going to be seeing more and more where Adobe is only using Magento for the checkout,
0: and they are using their other products for the rest. So you see a big headless, put, headless push then there, don't you?
1: I hope. I don't like the current state of the frontend for Magento 2. I do like what PWA Studio is is doing, and I also like the the other projects, Didi and View Storefront. So I hope we stop using these old Antique front end we have right now, and we start pushing for headless, PWA, call it the way you want it. But yeah, I think I think it's not the future, but the now, to say it in a way, because if you start a store right now and you have to build on top of Magento to creating customizations for the front end and all that kind of stuff, my recommendation would be try to use a headless approach and try to consume the the APIs as much as you can instead of using the front end we have right now with the UI components which are i pinning the ass to say way.
0: Oh, trust me. I know all about those checkout components. Jen, yeah. our CTO probably knows it the best because I remember when we were on the Magento 2 beta, I mean that whole check-in architecture just kept on shifting and shifting. Every time there was a new release at a certain point, you know, we just kind of quit building because we were like, all this shit keeps changing. Let's just kind of sit back and wait. Let's sit on our hands for a couple of releases and then we'll start building our fun stuff. Like we didn't build our calendar in the checkout until probably a year in maybe just because everything was changing the architecture was so different and you know yep, no, that's know that's one I mean. of the reasons that pushed us uh, we we so we developed a uh, we have something that we call like our enhanced checkout which is like a pwa component that we wrote that in react just so we could drag and drop that in there so instead of having to keep up with you know that ever-changing you know structure on that checkout you know we just thought hey you know let's just build our own let's build our own little sdk that we can drop in write the wrapper around it and we'll just run with that and so that's been one of the things that you know we've been really focused on you know kind of in the last quarter or so is kind of getting that so you know for our customers on magenta one or Magento two that are leaving and going to you know a custom homegrown or something that they've built all together themselves you know we have this component they can drop in so you know we're kind of decoupling ourselves from the e-commerce platforms and trying to put more of it you know, on our side, so we can worry about that stuff for our customers.
1: That's really smart. I'm I'm trying to push this to Nexus 2. It's, so far I didn't have much success, but it's, I'm trying to push this PWA architecture and all the things you need to do that in our servers. But Nexus is a backend company, so it's gonna take me a little bit longer, but we'll get there eventually. And I really like the way you explain how you did this as a module and not so much as a, an integration with an e-commerce platform and that's one of the things we are trying to do too but as a hosting company, it's not that easy because yeah, it's, it's, not that we have, yeah. it's not that we have a, a piece of software we have to use we own the servers we own the infrastructure and going from a regular magento two store to a headless approach that requires javascript and hosting javascript is a completely different world and i don't oh, yeah. want to get into that because i don't know much about javascript but we have Ryan, and he knows a lot of that stuff, so he's gonna be really helpful.
0: Yeah, we can just defer to him. He's, he's smart enough. Absolutely. So how do you find working, so you have to really like working remote then, but do you work, do you stay up just like work and work crazy hours, or do you do you always work US, or what, how does that work? So,
1: it depends. It depends on the country where I'm based. Right now I'm in Argentina, which is like one or two hours ahead of detroit which is pretty good because i i work from like 9 a.m to 4 or 5 p.m and it's pretty much the same time in detroit but for example i'm going to work in japan and i think i'm going to take the night shift in detroit but when i'm in europe i work from 2 p.m to 10 p.m kind of like and that's daylight in detroit i'm i try to be online as much as I can when my friends and my coworkers are online and that Mm. has made my life way easier because they know when and where to find me and it's not like they have to ping me or text me or anything and ask me hey are you working because they already know.
0: Yeah bringing up Ryan made me think about that because I know that you two have worked together for a long time and you know I I, we have a couple of staff at Chipper HQ they're remote but I I don't know cuz I think of companies like TaxJar that are fully remote and it just blows my mind that they have their processes so in place to have an entire company of 100 and something people remotely.
1: Yeah, that it's it really depends on the company. I've seen companies where remote wasn't an option not because they didn't want to but because they weren't organized enough. But I've seen other companies that they just don't like remote because they have built something really interesting from a culture standpoint, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to transmit that over Slack, you know, over the internet. Sometimes there are positions and there are things that you have to see or or be in a place to understand it. So it that's it really depends on the company, or at least that's been my experience so far.
0: Oh, I I completely agree with you on that. I we kind of have a really good like in office culture that I really like. And I think that we've procured a really cool one and you know, kind of figuring out how to spread that through the wires, something that it, it'll come later. I mean, we have a team, we have a couple of people over in the, well, sorry, not a couple of people. We have a few, we still have a team over in the UK um, that are based outside London that we still talk to. And we have a couple of people, designers that are up in Ohio and a couple other people that are kind of remote throughout Texas. But I like, I like, uh, no, I like people being in the office. I still really enjoy just being able to walk through and bothering them
1: so for me it's I don't like the office it's not like I I don't like people I just don't like going to the office getting dressed driving my car to the office I don't like that part <laughs> I don't I don't mind being at the office if it's close enough but it's don't make me travel one hour each way you know or like half an hour oh yeah I don't want that I really enjoy my place my house and if I can't cook during the midday I'll be like dude I love this it's it's just the way I live, it's, it doesn't have to be for everybody, know? Oh, yeah, it's you know? a good lifestyle. It's just the way I like living, and that's why I
0: work remotely. Yeah. What do you like to cook? Are you barbecuing? I'm not barbecuing
1: for lunch, but no, I barbecue a lot. Like maybe one or twice a week for my friends and family. But no, I can cook anything. I like cooking on the stove, in the oven, in the pit. I really like cooking and doing doing the, the grocery shopping. Like one of the things I like the most your, when I travel... What are some
0: of your favorite dishes to cook?
1: Well, it's it's going to be meat for sure, barbecue, like grilled cheese, that kind of stuff. But I, I learned many, many things when traveling. So now I like rice in any way or form. I really like couscous too, which is like a Moroccan food, which is really, really good. good. But yeah, I was telling you, one of the things I enjoyed the most when I travel is actually going to the supermarket because I get to see what's in there. I get to see what people eat. Where I, where I travel, and I get to cook the food, you know? It's not like I go to hotels every time. I try to go to, like, Airbnbs or, like, rental places where I can have my own kitchen and cook a little bit. Like, maybe not a full a full meal, but something small, you know? Something I can go to the supermarket, pick the ingredients, and then cook it for me and my girlfriend. I really enjoy doing that everywhere I go. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, am not a big hotel guy. We, we as a company try to stay in Airbnbs just because we usually bring a few people with us and it's just kind of better from our perspective to bring the whole team. Like, Hey, everyone's under the same roof. You know, you all have your own room, but it's just nice to have a kitchen. So sometimes in the morning we'll cook or, you know, for Magento live or meet Magento Australia a couple of years ago, I was with Daniel and Daniel's wife was there and we made a massive like Italian dish because they had really nice seafood there. So we, we had like mussels and things like that and we just cooked and it was so much fun just to be able to do that and not just sit in a hotel room and be like, hey, let's go to a, get takeout somewhere.
1: No, absolutely. And I, I'm so jealous. I really want to go to Australia. That's one of the places I've never been and I'm dying to go there. Not only for the surfing, but I also really like rugby and they have these incredible teams over there so I'm going to ask to go next year
0: for sure. Oh, it's, it's an amazing event. I've gone, I've gone twice and both times have been fantastic. I think the content was really good. I think it's a really good place too to be able to talk to some of the people, you know, from Magento or from some of the companies that I imagine it's a pretty busy event. But if you just kind of want to sit down and be able to chat with someone, you know, it's a great venue because it, it pulls a lot of people and, you know, cause everyone wants to go to Australia Like you said, everyone wants to go to Australia. Yeah. It's a really good event. Yeah,
1: we'll see if that happens next year. What do you think that's gonna happen with Magento events? Like Magento I- leave Europe, Australia, all that kind of stuff. Because Meet Magento is gonna continue, but I don't know about the Magento brand events.
0: Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good question. I know that the Meet Magento events are gonna, you know, fall under the Magento Association. So maybe because they're Giving a designated association, we might see those grow, but I'm actually not sure. It's a good question. I think that they'll have a couple of them still. I think it's I think it's going to still take time to transition from you know Magento to Adobe. I think that it's very it's very set that Magento is a Adobe product. It is an it is an option within Adobe for commerce, but I think that still the community has that kind of separate until they're kind of starting to get drawn together. So I could definitely see another year of Magento Live events.
1: Okay. I'll take your word because I really want to go to
0: Australia. If not, we'll just we'll have to send uh, Shantanu, the CEO of Adobe, an email and say, hey, we got to get Miguel out to Australia on Company Dime.
1: Yeah, I'm going to do that or I'm going to tell Ryan, hey, I have this customer I want to meet in Australia. You mind if I go there? And he'll be like, sure, can I go too?
0: Exactly. He'll just say, oh, we have to go together. We'll do that. I'll go with you guys too. I'll, I'll go as a consultant. Well, <laughs> well we should just all go to Australia. We'll just do that instead. Oh, I have a, Oh, I have a question for you. Uh, are you a Messi or a Maradona fan?
1: I'm a Messi fan. I Messi like fan? him. Yeah, because he's he's a very human human, you know? Oh Maradona <laughs> Yeah. I think you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. I'm with you on that. I saw I saw Messi play maybe four years ago. It was at a game in Texas. It was uh Mexico versus uh Argentina. And Kansas, San
1: Antonio, right.
0: Oh, San Antonio. Yeah, I was in San Antonio. That's where it was. Yeah, and Messi scored a goal in like the 82nd minute or something like that and tied it up. I really thought Mexico was going to win. I was very happy for a moment, and then it all got taken away from me by Messi.
1: Yeah. No, he's, that guy's incredible. Like, I don't know how he does that. It's it's just unbelievable, you know. Even for us from Argentina, we, we play soccer a lot or like football a lot, but that guy's just – it's mind-blowing, so – I really enjoy watching him play. I'm not a football guy. I would rather see rugby or like handball, but I, I see football from time to time, and he's, it's, a, it's a
0: pleasure to see him. Oh yeah. So do you listen to a lot of podcasts, or you know, are you a music guy? What do you listen to while you're traveling?
1: It really depends. I have a couple of podcasts I'm listening, but it's I haven't done that in a while because I've been here in Argentina for the last mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, 45 days. So when I'm here, I don't do much. I just go to the gym, go meet my friends and work a couple of hours a day. So I don't hear much podcast or any music. But when I travel, it's a different story. And sometimes I get to see what's on Spotify. Sometimes I hear what Ben and Karen were talking about the other day. It, it really depends on my mood. <laughs> that, was, that was quite a show with Karen and Ben in this podcast.
0: Oh, yeah. that was, I appreciate that. Yeah,
1: that's really interesting to hear.
0: Yeah, we, we we like we like doing the podcast. We're still kind of working on them, as you could tell from our, uh, my audio mishap there at the beginning. But, you know, it's just fun to be able to talk to people like yourselves and to kind of pick your brain on, you know, what's going on and from your perspective in commerce, you know. I think anyone who takes the time to listen to a commerce party, I always appreciate it because there's a lot of, you know, options and there's a lot of other, you know, podcasts that are funnier than we are or, you know, maybe more intellectual or might maybe have more data around it but you know it's just nice whenever people want to say hey yeah we well, know we'll listen to this guy you know they they want to hear what you know interesting perspective that you know we might have
1: yeah no, i know i know what you mean i really like going to this podcast because i get to speak with you basically and i don't oh, absolutely know that much because what well, i see you one or twice a year in these really weird countries but now we got a really nice time together we can speak about things we like i really enjoy this yeah
0: Absolutely. No, we just need to do these anyways. I'll just have you as a recurring guest or we'll just start I'll just start calling you.
1: Yeah, you call me. I'll pick up anytime I'm free.